and this is Sermonition Sunday number 74, Meditations Intended to Equip the Church Militant for Spiritual Warfare. And I am the warrior priest, Donovan Riley. This is the word of the Lord that came to me, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen. At Christmas, we heard about our great Emmanuel, which means Jesus is the God who is with us. Then about the wedding at Cana, we heard that God calls us his Beulah, which means that we are married to Jesus. Now, today, we hear about pious Peter and his call to pitch some tents and have a good old-fashioned camp out on the mountain with God and Moses and Elijah. And honestly, if we were out hiking and two dead men and God showed up to talk to us about Jesus, we'd probably propose something along the same lines as Peter. Lord, you're here, and we're here. And the world being what it is, why can't we sit down and stay here for a while? And you can regale us with some stories about the lion's den and the fiery furnace, and maybe explain to us about why you forced one of your prophets to marry a prostitute. We all like to behave like Peter when God comes around, putting on a pious face, saying pious words. We are unrepentant brown nosers who are always trying to get the teacher's approval. Look at this, God. Just look at this. We've been polishing our halos all week for just this moment. That's Peter in a nutshell, always ready to show off his halo. And why not? Why not? Peter is the most pious of all the disciples, and it's not even close. John and James, mama's boys, can't make a decision without mama's approval. Simon, he's a reformed terrorist. Matthew, he's an IRS agent. He's not even in the running. And the rest of the disciples, they wish they were as pious as Peter. Peter wants to do anything and everything that he can for Jesus. He wants to walk on water for Jesus. He wants to die in place of Jesus. He wants to be at Jesus' right hand so he can advise his master about making good choices and avoiding bad ones. He even chops off someone's ear trying to protect Jesus. And what does Jesus have to say about all this? Jesus can't but help have some fun at Peter's expense. He says, from now on, your name is Petrus, which means little pebble. Then on the road to Jerusalem, Jesus calls Peter Satan. And on top of the mountain, when Peter offers to pitch some tents so that they can stay there with God the Father and Moses and Elijah, have a good old-fashioned camp out, God cuts him off mid-sentence, doesn't even let him finish, and declares to all of them about Jesus that this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Peter is ignored by God the Father in favor of Jesus. Moses and Elijah don't seem to even notice that he's there. And John and James stand mute. They're of no help whatsoever. But what about Peter's piety? What about his devotion to Jesus? He wants to do so much for God. And it seems that all he ever gets are put-downs and God saying, let's talk about Jesus instead. What does Peter have to do to get some appreciation? See, as much as we admire Peter's devotion to Jesus, and we should, at root it's not praiseworthy, and it's definitely not something that we should want to imitate. 
it is a deadly mistake for us to admire Peter's piety and want to imitate it. You see, Peter has great piety. That is undeniable. But he has a very poor faith. And it is faith that saves, not piety, which is a huge blow to all of us who like to follow Peter's example in thinking that our devotion and our service is what matters most to God. And when that happens, when that happens, we walk a mile or two in Peter's shoes, well, then we can't be surprised when we hear the same thing from our Lord. Oh, oh, you think you're a rock. You're just a little pebble. Oh, you'll die for me, will you? That's satanic. You want us to stay here forever? Not going to happen. There is something that I need to do for you and the rest of the world in Jerusalem, and you are not going to get in my way. So drop the pious platitudes and trust that I know what's best. Drop the pious platitudes and trust that I know what is best. See, you can always hear the difference between faith and piety in the verbs. Piety says, I did this, I'll do that. Faith says, he does this, and he'll do that. Piety says, you know, I've committed my life to Christ. Faith says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's the difference. That is the difference between us and God. We want to run the verbs talk about ourselves, talk about our piety, and talk about what we have done for God. God just wants us to listen. He just wants us to listen to him talk about Jesus and faith. There's a great scene in an old Swedish novel. It's a classic novel written by Bo Geertz, who himself was a pastor. It's entitled The Hammer of God. And in this novel, then, there is a young pastor who comes to the old pastor and says, you know, I've committed my life to Christ. And the old pastor says, I am sure that he is real impressed. What would he want with that? Here's how he works, the old pastor says. Your heart was a tin can, lying in the weeds, rusting. And the Lord came along, like that sanitation guy in the park, with the old cloth bag and a stick with a nail in it. And he stuck it in that tin can and he put it in his bag. There's the difference. There is the difference between piety and faith. Piety says, I will, I have, I, 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 I. Faith says, he has, and he will not let you down, not ever. Jesus will not let you down, not ever. And one more time, because it's important. Jesus will not let you down, not ever. And so having made this promise... To you, Christ Jesus can only put it into force. And this is what he says, for example, when he talks about prayer. When you pray, he says, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and so on. He knows where we live. He knows we are caught between ourselves on the one hand and him on the other. He knows the tension of our life, that we are always getting absorbed into our own plans and our own projects and our efforts and losing sight of Him. And so when He assures us that we can pray, He says, just wait a minute. Just, just wait, just one minute. Then He puts our hands in His and He holds them together in His hands and He says, when you pray, pray like this. 
He leads us through our piety to anchor us in His promise, to anchor us in faith so that we can live this way, living boldly in faith, confidently, expectantly, shoulders back, anticipating good from Him, counting on Him to deliver us from whatever ails us, knowing that His goodness will pour out upon us in watery, bloody grace and gospel mercy. And it will continue to pour over all things because He promises us nothing but grace upon grace. And so we listen to Jesus in faith and not to our pious platitudes about what we are prepared to do for Him. And unlike our piety, which Jesus calls out as a self-serving attempt to get on God's good side, unlike our piety, Jesus and faith go together. Jesus and faith keeps showering you with promises and gifts until finally you just give up and simply die to bothering with making your own promises to Jesus. Promises that you could never keep, even if you were given a thousand lifetimes to fulfill them. Instead, Jesus and faith work through his promises to strengthen you so that you can say, I don't have to impress God anymore. I don't have to prove to God that I am worthy of his time and attention. I can count on God. I can count on God to keep the faith. I can count on God to see me through all of it. I can trust God's promises to get me through the good times and bad, in sickness and in health, so that not even death can separate me from him. And so you see, you are free. You are free in faith to repent of your piety. You are free to say, I trust that you are my Lord, my God who is always with me. Do what you think is best. This is the word of the Lord that came to me, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Amen.